All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. everybody welcome to dropping the gloves with tim worthberg and john scott we are the official podcast of hockeyfights.com thank you for joining us here on a nice monday tim how you doing my man it was good it was a good weekend it's good to see you last night it was you and your mom came over we had a couple glasses of wine we chopped it up a little bit it was nice it was really nice it was nice yeah your mom she's doing well she's she seems like she's in a good mood She's still here. She's taking pictures right now while we're recording. Oh, she's such a creep. Oh, it's a video. She's laughing. A video. She's so funny with that. She won't jump on the show yet, though. No, someday. Someday. No, it was nice to see her. We, we got to spend some time together. It was nice. You guys did some uh, touring around the area, so it was fun. But now we got to get down to brass tacks, unless you have anything to bring up, Tim. No, let's talk some hockey. So we are down to the final four, my friend. There is four teams left. This is what I've been waiting for. The whole regular season, it was all a culmination of this. How are these teams going to react to playing a team you haven't seen all season, a team you have not scouted because you're so just encompassed in your own division? This is it. And to get down to this final four, we obviously had to to get rid of one team. And somewhat of a surprise – The team going into the season, everyone had earmarked for the Stanley Cup Finals, raising the cup at the end of the year, the Colorado Avalanche. They lose four. They're out of of the Stanley Cup playoffs, Tim. How – I don't want to say it's a surprise because Vegas is a very good team. I think at the beginning of the season, when you were trying to grade which two teams, which three teams were the best in the league, it it was Vegas and Colorado, and it just so happened that they ended up in the same division. Are you surprised to see Colorado out? Are you not surprised? What, what's your reaction there? I am surprised. Not just that they lost, but the way that they lost. I mean, Vegas, I, I thought it would be closer. Vegas really outplayed them other than that first game. That was a blowout. But again, that wasn't even flurry in that. So I, I was surprised it wasn't closer. And yeah, they're, they're a team that I had winning it all. So the fact that they didn't even make the final four is, is kind of a shock to me. It's, it's surprising. I, I think at the beginning of the season, they made some pretty good moves in the offseason, bringing in some like Brandon Saad, some other tertiary components to this team. You know, it, they remind me of a lot of teams in recent memory who have won the cup because everyone's, you know, what do we do with the Colorado Avalanche? What, what, what needs to happen for this team to get over the hump? And I just think, you know, you got to take your licks in order to win the cup these days, it seems like. And, and you don't just 
come right out of the gate with a group of new players and win the Stanley Cup. You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, kind of all the, the ups, not the upsets, all the adversities that they have to go through, losing to Columbus last year, four straight, all, or two years ago, sorry, before they won the Cup. All of those kind of hiccups that they had to get over, the St. Louis Blues, everybody wrote them off a couple of years ago. The Pittsburgh Penguins even went through it before they won the Cup. The Washington Capitals, all of these teams never had immediate success and they had to kind of go through a little adversity before they won their cup. So I don't think you blow the avalanche up. They're in too good of a cap space. They have too good of a core. They're, they're slowly starting to gain their defense in a, a nice roundabout with their, their defense. So they got Girardi or Girardi, excuse me. They have McCarr. They have Taves. Like they have a good group of young players. They just, they need to get over that hump. And for some reason they can't get out of the second round. It's just one of those things where, I don't know what to tell them. They just have to do it because they have the players. They have a good coach. They have a good GM. They have a good everything. And they just can't seem to get out of their own way. Yeah, maybe Nazim Kadri, that suspension weighed on them a little bit more than we thought it was going to. But boy, oh boy, they, they look good. And going into next season, they're going to be the favorites again. They just they got to get out of their own way. They have a couple, you know, unrestricted free agency. They have Landeskog. They got to resign. What do they do with Brandon Saad? Both their goalies are unrestricted free agents. So what do we do with them? They'll be fine. They have a good core. McKinnon signed to the best deal in hockey. Him and Pasternak are just team friendly deals. I don't know anything else in Colorado you want to touch on? Well, speaking of Kadri, this is now the three times in the past four years that he's watched his team be eliminated from the press box because of suspension. So that's a problem that needs to be addressed with him. But separate from that, like the team, I think, is, is just still built for success. One thing I would like to see them do next season in, in the, at the trade deadline is add some more veteran depth. Because think about like the best teams over the past 10, 12 years. They've always added like a Mark Recchi or a Hosa or a Gabarik, like those type of players who've been there before. And and I just don't think they, they really have much of that on this team. So I think they're probably adding a little bit more of, of experience because they have the talent. They have the roster makeup. Like you said, they have the coach. They have the goalie. But I think just um, w- it'll come with time with this group. But I think adding in some more veterans will help them as well. If you know Tim, you know that he loves him some veteran depth. He loves it. He loves adding a guy. Justin Williams. Been around the league and he just comes in. Tim loves him some vets. He loves it. I don't know why. Every show you bring up a nice veteran. It's such a great you every show. Not even kidding you. It's a it's and it's a good ad. It's it's a valid point. Yeah, and think about the teams that are still in it. Like Montreal has him, uh, Vegas has him. Like, there's a reason. I mean, the Islanders, right? Like, there's a reason that these guys are doing well and they know what it takes to win at this point in the season. There's a reason that the Marners of the world are, are playing golf right now. You know? Ooh, low blow, Mitch Marner. Kid can't catch a break these days. Unbelievable. Kick him when he's down, Tim. Give him a break, Mitch Marner. He's only, what, 23? And you already just – unbelievable. Remind me not to get on your bad side. Ooh-wee, Tim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, moving on. We did have game one of the semifinals happened last night. It was a good game. Not exactly uh, how I expected it to go. I thought the Lightning would come out with a little more – that's the thing. that they They had some jump. They they just didn't play well. They they weren't sharp. Their passes weren't connecting. They they didn't look like the lightning team that they have this whole playoffs so far. But maybe that comes with a couple days laid off. They they haven't played in a while, and that's what you get. Maybe there was a little rust there. But man, oh man, the Islanders they looked really good. They did exactly what I wanted them to do. They stayed out of the penalty box. 
Tampa Bay only had two opportunities, and they were late in the second period and late in the third period. They cashed in on one, and they pulled their goalie to make it six. It was a six on four. They cashed in for their first and only goal. But the Islanders, their game plan, they played it to perfection. Barry Trotz, he has these guys playing so, so well. We talked to Kevin Connolly about this. It's almost robotic, and I, and I don't want to say that in a bad way. I want to say that in a good way where he has these guys playing at such a high level and they know exactly where to go in every situation. It was, I, when I first came into the league, I had as a coach, Oh, he's escaping my name right now. Jacques Lemaire, excuse me, very a hall of fame coach. He made the game so simple for you because he would lay out exactly where you had to be in what situation. It was almost dummy proof. And then if you have all that drilled into your head, you can go out and you can play the game freely because it's almost just like a second nature. It's like, okay, there's a guy in the corner. I know I'm going, or I'm not pinching there. It just, it makes the game easier. If you know where to go in every situation, you're not second guessing yourself. And the Islanders, they, they seem like they play that way. They know where to go in what situation. So they can play the game fast. They can play the game free. As funny as that sounds where all the decisions are made for you, you can play the game free. And it's a very weird way to think about it, but it's true. If, if you know where you have to be in every situation, you can play the game fast and you can be ahead of the guy who has to maybe think, should I go here? Should I not go here? Is this my man? Is this not my man? The Islanders are just, they're locked in and they played great and they didn't make any mistakes. It was a very, very well-played game by the Islanders. And the scary thing is it was such a well-played game by them and they only won two to one. So their margin for error is very, very small because the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're a pretty good team, Tim. They're a pretty good team. What did you take away from this game? Well, that's a good point about, you know, playing the game exactly the way they wanted to play and still only winning by one goal. So, yeah, I mean, if like one or two more turnovers, you know the Lightning are going to capitalize and the game breaks the other way. So, And I expect we'll see that to happen in the next couple of games. So that's a good point. Um, Barzal scored again. He's got four goals and seven assists in his last five games after not scoring in the first eight games of the playoffs. So he's on fire. He's lighting it up. Um, and I think Everly is probably hopefully in the wake, waking up with him, his line mate there. Pulak, who scored two goals in the regular season, 56 games. And then now he scored his fourth goal of the playoffs. Um, what, what do you make of that? That's just a guy. Is, is it luck? Is it a coincidence? Is the guy, you know, stepping up when, when it matters? Like what's, what's his deal? It's just coincidence. He he's had some opportunity. He's got an absolute cannon, Tim. He he won his um the New York Islanders skills competition with a 105 mile an hour slap shot. So he's got an absolute bazooka for a shot. And if you can get it off, there's always a chance it goes in. But yeah, it, there's no rhyme. He's not a gamer. All of a sudden at the playoffs, and he's just you know stepping up, and this is his chance, and he's gonna you know do whatever he can. It's just it's a coincidence. It, you see this well, in these playoffs where one guy like out of nowhere scores like. 10 oh, Brian Bickle. I always bring Bicks up, but he scores like two goals in the regular season and 15 in the playoffs. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, coincidence or not, three of his four goals in this playoffs have been game winners. So he is doing it when it matters most. And what I thought was interesting too is that Tampa Bay's top line, Palat, Point, Kucherov, which is probably a top, would you say, five line in hockey right now? Um, they only they combine for three shots on goal, which is crazy. Point had that, that point in gar- the goal in garbage time. Well, there's a six on four power play, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the Islanders doing exactly what they want to do. And like you said, it's the coach, it's the players, it's the system all meshing together perfectly and executing when it mattered. 
this this is a big game for the Islanders. Not only just you get game one is always important. Don't get me wrong in a seven game series, but I think they exercise some demons here with the Tampa Bay Lightning because th- that's their. It's like the David and Goliath. This is their guy that they have to beat. This is this is the team that they 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 wanted to face. And last year, game one, they lost eight to two versus the Lightning last year when they faced them in this in the semifinals here. So. I think this is going to go a long way for the Islanders' confidence. You didn't know what to expect. You didn't play these guys all season, and you just get so excited. And there's also nerves because you don't know how you're going to match up. This is the defending Stanley Cup champions. They retooled. All their guys are back. Kucherov's is fresh. And you just don't know. You're missing your best player. Anders Lee isn't in the lineup. How are you going to match up versus these guys? And they passed every test. And I feel like going into game two, the Islanders, their confidence, it's only going to increase. They played well. They had chances where they didn't bury. They had so many opportunities. I didn't track the grade A chances, but I can I can guarantee you the Islanders almost doubled the grade A chances than the, than the Lightning had because they they played well. They played really well. For some reason, the Lightning, they, they were trying to exit the zone through the middle a few times, and obviously they took advantage of the Islanders for their two goals were both turnovers. Stamkos, for whatever odd reason, tries to go through the zone in his offensive zone, he gets puck gets picked up. Barzal gets a breakaway. There you go. Barzal's got the Islanders on the board. So it's uh, <clears throat> this will be a six or seven game series, but I do think the Islanders, they look good. They look really good to him. If, if I'm the lightning, I am nervous because they've been relying on the power play. And when you play a disciplined team like the New York Islanders, they stayed out of the box. That's exactly what they need to do. How are you going to generate goals versus this team? How are you going to do it? Well, a big part of that, too, is the Islanders won 61% of the face-offs. I mean, how important is that to an Islanders team who rely on that puck possession? You know, when the guys are, are bringing it back to them, and they, they're controlling the play, not the other way around. Exactly. And are, we, are, we, are people going to wake up on the Islanders now? Is this a team where it's like, okay, they are a good team. They are a threat to win the Stanley Cup because we pretty much anointed Colorado – or Vegas to win the Stanley Cup, or I certainly did. And I everyone pretty much anointed the Lightning. Okay, you're going to win your division, that's obvious, and you're going to play Boston, or you're going to play Pittsburgh, or you're going to play Washington. No, the Islanders, unless you were me, because I predicted the Islanders to have success and to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but toot toot. Everybody thought the Lightning were going to just roll over the Islanders. And here we are, the Islanders win game one, which is a crucial game. And we're going into game two, and boy, oh boy, if they win game two, this series could be over a lot faster than everyone expected it to be because the Islanders are going to win one of two in the Coliseum. That's a given. They, they play really, really tough when you go to the Coliseum. So this next game, it's do or die for the Lightning. There's no way they're coming back from 2 nothing. That's my That's the way I look at it. So – and yeah, you, you did predict the, the Lightning would win the first one or two games and the Islanders would bounce back once they made a goalie change. You, you kind of thought that if, if the Islanders win the Cup, it's Sorokin who's going to take them there. Volomov looked good, though, in game one. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, Vasilevsky's good. He, he's going to be the guy. Varlamov, he is turning turning heads. He, he is making me a believer. He looks strong. I think, gosh, they, what a problem to have. They're almost like the Vegas Golden Knights where it's like anyone you put in is going to have success. Varlamov is a strong goalie. That's the thing with the Islanders. You're not going to get that many grade A chances against because they're a good defensive team. They're structured. They're not going to give up two-on-ones or three-on-twos. Sure, you're going to give up power play chances every now and again, but you're not going to get the odd man rushes, the backdoor passes, the grade A chances that other teams give up. That's just how Barry Trotz, he, he rolls with his team. So 
He just has to make the saves that are there. And he made them last night. So I don't, I'm, I'm going to change my, I don't think Varlamov gets pulled anymore because they won game one, which is fine. I, the Islanders are good, Tim. I feel like they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna win the Stanley Cup now. They're too. I feel like if they play Vegas, it's gonna be just an epic battle of solid teams who are built top to bottom, really, really strongly. They don't have really high end talent, and it's just gonna come down to who makes the most mistakes. And Vegas might make more mistakes than the Islanders because the Islanders just they're so structurally sound. I don't know how to explain unless you sit there and watch a game side by side. Vegas makes plenty of mistakes. They do. But the Islanders just don't make that many mistakes. So that that's what it's going to come down to. That That is my prediction. And I'm sick of doing predictions. The Islanders are a good team. I could see both of these teams winning this series. Whoever wins the East is going to win the Stanley Cup. I've said it. There it is. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So let's talk about Vegas and Montreal then because you keep talking about Vegas. Does that mean you're not giving Montreal really much of a chance to to beat them? Oh, no, this is going to be a practice session for four games. Oh, this come is going on. to be a complete beatdown, Tim. It's not even going to be close. This is going to be the most lopsided semifinals in NHL history. Come on. I, I, I kid you not, and I like Montreal. I like their team. But every aspect of this series, Vegas is better, even in goaltending. I think Marc-Andre Fleury is a better goaltender. Well, maybe not a better goaltender. They are very similar. He's as good. He's close. He is as good. Maybe Montreal has a slight edge in goaltending, but not not a huge edge. So, gosh, Vegas you, is just – they're so much better in every aspect. Every you don't aspect even think Price steals a game for them? If if they win a game, it's because Price stands on his head and they win one nothing or 2-1. to one. It's the only way I can see Montreal winning a game, but no, I don't. I think Vegas, they sweep 4 nothing, and it's not even close. I think they set the tone early. They win the first game handily, 5-2, 5-1, and then it's just here, away we go. Montreal, it's a, it's a cute story. It's a really great story. They beat Toronto off of a Tavares injury, and maybe they were focused on that. They beat Winnipeg when Shifley gets suspended. Their best player's gone. That's awesome. You're, you're coming into a juggernaut here. And the North Division, like I've said all season, they're not a strong division. They're really not. And they're coming in to play the Vegas Golden Knights. This is their third semifinals in four years. They are hungry. They are absolutely starving. They've been here before, and they want to go to the Stanley Cup. They have a goal. Montreal is just happy to be here at this point. They're like, this is, this is a successful season. We did it. We got out of the North Division. No one thought we could. And, and this is a great season for them. If Vegas loses this round, this is not a great season for Vegas. They are earmarked for the Stanley Cup finals, and they are earmarked to hoist the cup. That's what this, this team was made for. So Montreal, it's a good story for Montreal. This is cute. But it, you, you're coming into a series. It's going to be like, and I know I've made this comparison before, it's going to be JV versus Varsity, and this is not Mighty Ducks 5 when you know JV overtakes. It's probably not 5. What is it, 3? Three. How, many, how many mighty ducks do they have now? Four. There's only, there's only three official ones. I don't. I don't recognize any others. And now they're going to do a Netflix series. I don't know what to make of that. But anyways, JV has no 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 way of beating Varsity because Vegas is going to just steamroll the Montreal Canadiens. It will not even be close. It'll be four straight games. And Vegas, this will be good for Vegas. They'll have a, a couple days, maybe a couple more days to kind of lick their wounds, prepare for whoever they're going to play next. And and you know what? It'll be – I feel bad for Montreal. They were a good story. 
But it's okay. not going to be close. I think it's going to be closer than that. Let's take a look at the numbers. So each team obviously has pretty strong defense and goaltending. The Golden Knights were top defensive team in the regular season with 2.18 goals against per game. The Canadians have been the top defensive team that's still left in the playoffs with the exact same goals against. So I think I think there might be a little bit closer on defense than you think. Balanced lineup. No, obviously. no, you can't. You can't compare. You can't compare. You can't. What? Toronto stunk in the playoffs. Those guys don't show up for the playoffs, and they played Winnipeg, who had no offensive punch because Shy- yeah, yeah. I, I take that stats him and I throw it out the window. Okay, here's another one. Each team has a balanced lineup. Neither has any players in the top ten in playoff scoring. So like they're not relying on any one guy. In both of the teams, Vegas has 16 players with at least one goal and 20 with at least one point. Montreal is 12 and 19. So they're pretty close there. And you can kind of say that basically like, yeah, neither team, especially Montreal, they don't have any superstars, but that also means they don't have any players that you can focus on and shut down. And, you know, like they're, they're just so evenly spread that whatever line you shut down, another one's going to score. It's kind of like the Islanders. I agree. I'll agree with you in that. They, they have balanced lineups. I think the key to this series, if I'm Montreal, and I want to win this series, I need to shut down one of the top two lines that Vegas has and completely just get rid of either the stone line or the misfit line with Carlson and Marcia Stowe. You have to just eliminate one of those two lines because the stone line's been pretty solid. But then you saw, like like we just talked about, they're so balanced. If the stone line's shut down, then they just go to the misfit line. They, like, they control the game, and then they win the game for them. So... If I'm Montreal, gosh, who do you who do you pair your first line? Because the strange thing about Montreal is their first line is their shutdown line. There's no other team in hockey that has their best defensive line as their best offensive line. So who do Bruins? You, Bruins. Well, I guess the Bruins, but they don't play much defense when those guys are on the ice. They're all offense, so they're not matching up the Bruins' top line versus the other team's top line. Like Montreal's coach, he he purposely takes Deneau. Gallagher and Lykanen, and he and he puts them up against the other team's first line. So who who is he going to match that line up against? Who do you think is it going to be the Stone line or is it going to be the Marshall line? Uh, I think it has to be the Stone line with Patcheretti, with Patcheretti and Stevenson. Yeah, what an, we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. What an interesting kind of subplot, Patcheretti coming back to Montreal where he was not so unceremoniously ousted as captain, and uh, I don't know, whatever. We'll get back to that. So I don't think Deneau. Uh, whatever line they match up with that line, I think they will shut them down because that's a really good hockey line for Montreal. I like to know, I like Gallagher. I like Lycanen. They'll shut down whoever they're matched up again, but the next three lines, I just think Vegas is so strong. I, I, I will see this. I think Montreal's fourth line is better. Although Vegas's fourth line did produce in that game six clincher. They played really well. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I'm trying to find ways to make Montreal good. I'm trying to find ways to make it seem like Montreal will have a chance in the series. I, I, I can't find it, Tim. I'm sorry. You can dig into the stats all you want. I just can't find it. It, it, it. Across the board, Montreal is just, they don't add up against Vegas. See, I, in my mind, I liken them to the Islanders just because of the way that they're built with four solid lines, but not, not top-heavy. Their goal is better than what the Islanders have. And it seemed like they play a simple game that's just focused on shutting down the other guys and capitalizing on turnovers and opportunities like that. But you but you're you're saying they're not even close to the Islanders in your mind. Not even close. The Islanders are the highest scoring team in the playoffs right now. They have such offensive output. And and that's what everyone sleeps on. It's like, oh, the Islanders, they have a good structured system. They're this and that. They're very defensive. They're very responsible. Yeah, but they also score a lot of goals. They have a lot of high end talent. So if you think they're structured the same, they're very balanced. Who's better than Barzal on Montreal? Nobody. Beauvillier. 
I mean, I don't have the roster in Pat front Show. of nobody. But I'm just but saying, like, no, and Pat Show are pretty close. Islanders They're, are so much more talented. Yeah. I, I don't know. And, and we're, we're splitting hairs here. I know they're very good teams. And the, we're in the final four. All these teams should be really, really good. But like we said when there was a final eight, if you're going to have two teams that were the worst in the final eight, Montreal was in the bottom. If you're going to have the worst team in the final four, where's Montreal? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I'm not disagreeing. You're a distant fourth. And it's going to be four games. I know you're trying to play devil's advocate. You love the Vegas Golden Knights. You absolutely love them. They're, they're an absolutely – uh, uh, what do you call it? A squad? Uh, They're a wagon. A wagon. They're a wagon. They're really, really good. I, I wish I could make a case for Montreal. It's a, it's a great story, but this is the end of it. This is the the, the movie's over, baby, and, and we're moving on. Vegas is going to win this. It's not going to be even close. There are some fun storylines. Price versus Fleury. Who's going to be the better goalie? Patch already coming back to Montreal. Can he kind of make them, you know, regret not re-signing them or keeping them on the team. You know, it's fun. Montreal's won seven in a row. Can they keep it going? Another key here is if Montreal can score that first goal, they're a very good team when they have the lead. Can they score that first goal to maybe relieve some of the pressure? They can go play a very good defensive game. They have a great defense. I know that. Can Petrie come back? He's He's been hurt. Did you see that injury he had? Oh, yeah. Yep. What? So they won't disclose what's wrong with him. They say he has an upper body injury. He definitely snapped his finger off. I think that's a given. Oh. That was the grossest injury I've ever seen in a hockey game. To have your finger get caught in the camera hole when you're going at a decent clip around the boards. Oh, like it just, it gives me like just goosebumps. I saw the description and, and I, I decided not to watch the video. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I don't need to see that. I don't need to watch that happen. Does that, if if you're the cameraman there, here's they have plugs that go in the glass, and you're supposed to put the plug in the glass whenever the play goes near there. But obviously that didn't happen. The poor guy gets his hand caught in the camera hole. Hopefully he had more than one finger caught in there, so it kind of lessens the blow and he had a little more structure. But if he only gets his pinky caught in there or his ring or middle finger, like you're literally bending that finger right back and you're snapping it off. That's I mean, a tough injury. Let me throw a hypothetical at you. If by some chance Montreal wins tonight, right, they win game one, do you think the, the Vegas responds and wins the next four, or is it a completely different series at that point? I can't even fathom or wrap my head around Vegas losing game one. I can't even wrap my head around. But if for some strange reason it does happen, I think Vegas still wins four straight. I would, I would be willing to bet you $50 that Vegas would win four straight. If that does happen, but I don't think it'll happen. I think Montreal loses this game and, you know, Cinderella, the ball is over party's over. Vegas is just going to run away with it. There's no way they don't win this series in four straight. There's really no way. And I was, as I was doing research for the show, I didn't realize Marc-Andre Fleury has never been nominated for the Vezina before. Isn't that's that wild? Shocking. That's shocking, especially with all his great years in Pittsburgh's when he yeah. was pickups and guiding them along. That is kind of strange. I mean, no I guess he's always been better in the playoffs, but, you know, like for guys who's, who's accumulated the stats that he's had, has been around as long as he has and never been nominated before is wild. To arguably be one of the top three goaltenders of all time, because he is, I think he's third in all-time wins, to never have won a Vesna, to never been, has he been nominated for a Vesna? No, he, never been nominated. Nominated for a Vesna. That's, that's shocking. 
It's it's very <laughs> he'll win it this year just because he hasn't won it and he deserves it. He might not be the best goalie this year numbers wise, but he'll win it this year because this is his turn. Like we talked about a couple episodes ago, good or bad, maybe it's good this time because he deserves a Vesna. He he's such a great goalie. He really I, is. I bet we have listeners right now who just pod, pause the podcast, be like, no, that's not true. I'm going to look that up. And then they did. and Because <laughs> I did the exact same thing when I read that earlier. I'd verify it. It's true. It's crazy to think about. Rightfully so, because I would say a good 90% of the stats that I spew out are just wrong. Completely <laughs> yeah. wrong. We get we get called out. Not 90%, but there's sometimes that I misspeak. And I apologize for that. I get a little fired up by saying some things that maybe aren't 100% factually true. But they're true to me. They're true to myself, Tim. And that's all that matters. You know what I mean? That's right. all that matters. Some other interesting stats of this series. I did a little digging as well. Do you know which goalie has the highest goals against average in the playoffs now? Among who? Uh, not among all goalies who had the highest goal, the lowest goals against average of all the goalies in this year's playoffs. Highest or lowest? Lowest. It's the best. Um, I'm going to say Vasilevsky. It's actually Jack Campbell for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is that right? <laughs> he played so great. And people just, I, they're not making him out of the scapegoat or dumping on him or anything, but who would have thought Jack Campbell had the best goals against the average in the whole, because Mark Andre Fleury is second. He's, he's having a great playoffs. Carey Price is not too far behind him. Carey Price is leading the, the league in save percentage. So it's going to be a goal-tending battle. Both of these teams, they don't really have a lot of offensive firepower. So I think whoever, you know, gets a hot power play, both power plays are, Average at best, which doesn't surprise me because they both really don't have a high-end superstar. Their penalty kill is pretty good. Montreal has a very dangerous penalty kill. They score a lot of shorthanded goals. So all that being said, Vegas is going to win. They are hungry. They have the better team. I don't know. There's nothing else I can really say on this. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's going to be closer than you think. But, yeah, I still think Vegas is the better team. I think they'll win too. I do think, though, that Montreal wins at least one game, if not two. Not a chance whatsoever. I think Vegas is better across the board. It's not going to be close. The bigger question here is, and the biggest question I think in all this is, can Vegas get out without any injuries and just get ready for the, the Stanley Cup Finals? And that, that's, that's their only problem. Can they You're acting like this is a throwaway game, like a throwaway series. Just like, hey, the biggest thing is don't get hurt because obviously we're going to win. They are going to win. It's not even going to be close. Can they get to the Stanley Cup Finals? Do they want to lose a game so they're not too rusty for the finals? Because I think Tampa Bay and the Islanders will go six or seven. So, like, do they throw a couple games just so they can stay fresh? Uh, come on, sharp man. for the Stanley. And I'm not. I know they're not going to throw a game, but they, this is the only problem with this format: is you have four teams left. They're not the best four teams in the NHL. And if it would have been a regular schedule, a regular division alignment, there's no way Montreal even maybe makes the playoffs, let alone is in the final four. And this is the only knock on this format where you don't play each team. You don't have a, the regular eight seeded teams and rankings and this and that, the two divisions, this was always bound to happen. And to have Montreal in this position, it's great, but you're not seeing the best hockey that you could have had with the final four teams. And yes, you know, it's the pandemic. This is what we kind of get when we had to make the divisions the way we made them. But that's the only knock on this format. It's like, okay, everyone thought Toronto was going to win. That was going to be a very exciting series. They were going to, this was their time. Once Toronto got eliminated, it was like, okay, well, maybe Edmonton gets in. Okay, now Edmonton's out. Well, maybe Winnipeg will get in. They're a pretty good team too. Well, now it's Montreal. 
now you're left with Montreal and it's just like, they're an original six. They're fun to watch, but golly, they're not as good as I would say a good six or seven teams who were already eliminated from the East and the West. You know what I mean? So it's not as fun because Vegas, I think it will be apparent how bad the North division is right now. It's, I feel bad. And I'm not, I'm, I know I come off as negative a lot of the time, but this will showcase how good Vegas is, but it will also showcase how bad the North division is. And this is what I've talked about all season long. And I, I thought it was going to be Toronto. I really did. But now it's going to be even worse because Montreal, they're a great story and they're a great team. And yeah, maybe they, they caught Toronto at the, at the bad time with Tavares being gone. They had a couple injuries. Muzzin wasn't in the lineup. They're going to get exposed as a, not a bad team, not a team that belongs in the final four. I disagree, though, on the fact that that's not that makes it less fun than it could be because this is like the underdog Cinderella story. I think it's like it's the surprising. No one's bracket was even close to correct. Like I think that's what makes hockey unlike any other sport because basketball, for example, you can just put it in in red ink like the final four. You just know what it's going to be. It's not like that in hockey. I think that makes it more interesting and more it, more reason to watch the games. You know. But is this going to be a situation where, oh, it's David versus Goliath. It's going to be great. Goliath is just going to come out and punt David across the battlefield, and it's going to be over. Like, there's <laughs> going to be no slingshot. There's going to be no conquering the giant. It's, and I, I, I hope it's a good series for, for our sake. It's, it's great podcast fodder. There's something to talk about. Like, right now, it's like, okay, where do you, how do you see this series going? I'm trying to have a good argument for Montreal. The only way this happens if Montreal and Carey Price somehow he summons some kind of power and he becomes this even more of a brick wall than he already is. Because I, I don't see it happening. Marc-Andre Fleury is not a slouch. He's a really good goaltender. They have really good defensemen. Arguably, Vegas says, well, Shea Theodore is better than every defenseman on Montreal. Alex Angelo is better than every defenseman on Montreal. And maybe Martinez would be Montreal's best defenseman, arguably. I, I, Montreal has some good defensemen, but not as good as Vegas. When you look at the forwards, Mark Stone, Jonathan Marchestow, um, even an Alex Tuck, uh, Willie Carlson, all these guys are really uh, – Max Pacioretty. Those five guys might be the best forward in Montreal. So I, I just can't see how – Vegas loses a series. You're not going to out hit them. You're not going to outman them. Vegas is bigger. They're stronger. They're faster. They're more talented. So yes, if Montreal does somehow, you know, upset Vegas, it'll be unbelievable. I just really can't see it happening just because Vegas is hungry. They're not going to like rest on their laurels. Oh, we've been here before. They want to make the Stanley cup final. They want to win. They need to go back there. They lost to Dallas last year. Everyone was, that was a huge upset. They're not going to let it happen again. They really won't. So I think they come in, I've said it 15 times already. They're going to win four straight. It won't even, they're going to put on a clinic. It'll honestly be a clinic and everyone will just wake up after the four games and they'll go, wow, the North was terrible. And the West was really, really strong. And they'll play the Islanders, and it'll be a really good series. That, that's what I think will happen. I, I, I should just stop doing predictions. I just completely contradict myself all the time. I'm not going to do predictions, but I guess you have to when you're doing this kind of thing. I just think Vegas is too strong, Tim. I don't know. You can't convince me. You can't convince me. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it makes for a terrible podcast at this point because <laughs> Vegas is too strong. They really are. They, if their power play starts to click at all, they'll be absolutely lethal. 
And I would have said the same thing for Colorado. If Colorado would have came out of that series, I would have said Colorado is too strong. They're going to walk right over Montreal and they're going to walk into the Stanley Cup final and be the favorite in the Stanley Cup final. That, that's what's going to happen. If Vegas wins, which they will, they'll be the favorite in the Stanley Cup final. And I think the Islanders and Vegas will have a great series. And that'll be a nice little chess match in the Stanley Cup final. Only one way to find out. We got game one tonight. So I'll be watching. Well, let's just not even broadcast for the next week and we'll pick it up in the finals because it just, there's no point in even talking about the series. It's already over. I'm just teasing Tim. Obviously we got to, we'll get some interviews. It'll be interesting. We'll make it fun, but I don't know. I do think Vegas is so strong. They're so good. And we'll get Reeves on. I'll get him on. We'll get him on midway through the series and he'll tell us he's honest. We'll like, I have, who is the toughest, strongest guy in Montreal? Weber? Yeah. I mean, I don't have a roster in front of me, but yeah. It's going to be, it'll be interesting to see the collisions that those two have. Vegas leads everybody in hits. They're like, they're outpacing everybody in hits by like a hundred some hits. Like they are a very physical team. The collisions that Reeves is going to have Revo as he, as he likes me to call him with Shea Weber and Petrie, it's going to be epic. Cause those are some big bodies that are going to be colliding behind the goal line. And you know, Revo is just going to be bombs away. It's going to be fun to watch. It'll be interesting to watch, Tim. It'll be fun to see how much Montreal loses by. Because I don't think they'll lose by a lot. Because they, they lead the league in one goal games one, which is also a misleading stat. Everyone's like, oh, that's a great stat. It also means you're eking out these one goal games, and they could have gone either way. So they're a very misleading team, but they're, they're very good. They have a seven-game winning streak. We'll see. They have led for the last, what's the, what's the number? 437 minutes. They've led. That's a long time to be leading, Tim. They always score first. They always score first. They always hold the lead. So we'll see if they get the first goal. Maybe they can get Vegas a little bit nervous. I don't think it'll happen. I don't know. We'll check it out tonight. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Anything else you want to touch on, Tim? No. No, that'll, that'll cover it. Does Deirdre want to jump on the show real quick? She doesn't. <laughs> I've tried. All right. You guys, is she heading back to Boston now? Are you driving her to the airport? Oh, you can't drive. I can't drive. But she's, yeah, she's leaving today. Uh, we'll tell her I said goodbye. I'll miss her. She'll be back soon. That'll be nice. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Go to HockeyFights.com to watch people get punched in the face. Always a good time. And we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 